You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I'm joined by John. Hello. And Director of Podcasting, Craig. Thank you for giving me my official title. There we go. Back back for the final, epi- the final episode. The final podcast of the season. Yep. I, well, I said last week I was going to come on after the final and I, I couldn't change my mind after the result. So it would have it looked pretty bad. So, yep, I'm here. I'm here to, to accept it all. Oh, you're a good man. We've been but, expecting uh, you because you said you were going to come off after Rangers won the title. Yep. I was too busy partying after oh, the... The magnificent way we, we sealed it against Dumbarton. Was that just before the semi-final or just after? I can't remember. Uh, I think it would have been just after, because we kind of went flat. I thought, I thought it was just game. before. I seem to remember that game came in the midweek before, and then you played the semi-final, and it didn't win a game afterwards. <laughs> I, pretty much, yeah. Right, well, as I said, it's the end of the season podcast. We don't actually have too much to talk about because there's only been three games since the last podcast. You say that. <laughs> but I'm pretty Aye. sure we won't be short on words. Oh, I know, I know. Tongue in cheek, that one. You, you would think after three games there'd be nothing much to talk about. But uh, yeah, there's been a two leg Premiership playoff and a small matter of a Scottish Cup final. So, um, what shall we talk about first? Shall we do it chronologically and go to the, the, the Thursday night game? Does that mean we're going to talk about Thursday's game, then the cup final, and then the second leg? Why not? Because <laughs> there isn't much to say about <laughs> Thursday's game. Uh, well, I thought Kamarik actually are playing a better team. Like Chris Boyd played I think three decent chances. A lot of people and, were right. saying that he was maybe past it, but I thought he had a decent game. I thought he had some good chances. Yeah, he didn't score, but I thought he had decent chances, and he, he looked to me like the the boy of old. Aye, apart from he never scored on Thursday. Apart from he never scored, yeah, of course. Aye. 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 Uh, uh, that the best... Yeah, again. Yeah. Aye, that's something like the 10th goal they scored in the 90th minute. Plus oh, it's somewhat... It's ridiculous. It's, it's kind of been the hallmark of their season and it's gotten so far, but uh, not quite far enough, unfortunately for them. Um, I don't recall many Falkirk chances. No. No, I think, right, I think it, was a, it was a quiet first half and then Kamarnock probably had the better of the second half they couldn't get a ball in it. And then... They shot off at the free kick. Yes, off. I suppose uh, maybe one of the main talking points was Obadiah. If he'd gone down, would he got a penalty? Yeah, I heard them talking about that on the radio, um, and a lot of it was suggesting that he should go down, and it was well, no, it should be a penalty anyway. Well, aye, I think so, but I don't, I don't think there was a lot of contact. I don't think he'd hurt himself, for example. Uh, I know the rules don't have to say that uh, you have to be hurt by the kick, but it did look like he just got brushed. Yeah, Lee Clark said. We don't want to go down the route of people having to go down to win penalties because that's really where diving came into it and and this kind of players screaming in agony. Yeah. It's simulation, really. Even if there is a foul, I I still think it's simulation. And it's good to see a bit of consistency, actually, because... One of the things that um, Lee Clark was very much on the previous round of the playoff when Hibs and Falkirk were playing, talking about trying to be 
sort of sportsmanlike and not wanting to crowd around the ref looking for yellow cards and not wanting to dive around and so it's good to see Kilmarnock a Kilmarnock player being honest and staying on his feet when he's trying to play the ball rather than he, well, what was he, he, could, he could have gone down and looked for the penalty and I do. I, I think it's harsh that he didn't get the penalty I do, I do, I do think it was uh, a one shot lead that never got the ball uh, and, and took the man and did enough to knock him off his stride so to me it was a penalty but Referee never thought so. Yeah, well, we, we don't really know what he thinks. Eh? It'd be nice to know. D- Maybe he thought he was playing advantage. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. possibly. S- some refs don't put their arms out to to suggest that it's advantage, which is frustrating. It'd be nice if they were consistent in that. So that gave Falkirk a word in the lead. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I, it was difficult to tell going into the second leg whether Falkirk were, were happy with that one away or they were a bit weary because well, even they recognised that Kilmarnock were, were the, probably the better team in the second half. And it's one that was a very difficult uh, scoreline to get. So, I mean, obviously Kilmarnock would have went into that thinking, well, we were the better team. We can still turn this around. We're the home team now. We're the team that's, that's fighting for the to retain our Premiership position. If we can get off the good start, then then who knows what can happen? And that's yeah, saw what happened. Yeah, they, they, it, was, it wasn't just one early goal; it was two early goals. Aye, my brother-in-law came up from it from down south. He drove about seven hours on Saturday night, and then after yesterday's game, he kind of drove back down the road. Seven hours said it was cracking atmosphere, but they had just over eleven thousand at the game. It was a big, it was a big support. Uh, I haven't seen that kind of support at Rugby Park for a very long time. Aye, obviously Falkirk brought a good support, but still. There are probably about 8,000 uh, Kilmarnock fans, so hopefully maybe yesterday in the performance can encourage some of them back from that season. Though I think it was more a kind of case of, well, we want them to give support to make sure they go, don't go down. But um, And there's still there's the cases are like they want Johnson out, obviously, still, regardless of what happened yesterday. So he's not what the CEO or anything is he's like company secretary or something I've seen him listed as in the news earlier tonight so he's still certainly he's still there and still a majority shareholder but yeah like I can start Kelty who's was linked with a move away in January they did well to keep him I think don't know whether he might whether they'll still be maybe clubs trying to sign him because Kamarnik have released a few players today or some have said they want to leave as well because Craig Slater he said he wants to leave. Uh, Obadai said he wants to leave. Though I read Kilmarnock are still trying to offer him deals. But the pair of them have both put on Twitter notes saying, aye, thanks for your, your t- thanks for your time, like being at the club and all that, and see you later kind of thing. And then yeah. we released another six players. Uh, the BBC have got like, Mark Connolly, Kilmarnock captain. Yeah. His contract's been cancelled. Uh, goalkeeper Connor Brennan, defender Lee Ashcroft, midfielders Julian Flaubert. Did he, did he do anything? I don't know, I think he maybe started off alright, people were saying at first he kind of seemed to be alright, but he had only 18 off featured in the, the playoff final, I don't think. I, I, don't. Never, never, I barely, I remember him signing, that's about the last thing I remember him doing. Um, but a, a couple of them, is it Addison, he was only in a short term deal, so I would think um, Lee Clark would want to try and get him signed permanently. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. there was Henshaw that came as well after Clark signed. Aye, and he's one. He's one of the ones that's away. Um, I believe as well. There was talk that Chris Johnson has been released. He got a he's bad injury early in the yep. season, so he's kind of gone. 
Cobb uh, statements to Cameron also willing to consider offers for defender Balatoni, Kevin Mahate, Marco Hara, David Syme, uh, Obadai, Carrick and Higginbottom. So that's a big clear out coming if they can get offers for all of them. I'd imagine Higginbottom might get a bit of interest. He's certainly been one of the, the better players so, to come yeah. on. No, uh, Obadai's looked pretty, looked pretty good in both legs of the playoff. I don't think about Obadai is. Obadai, I think, is supposed to be a striker and he's only scored about four goals, which... That probably explains why he's on his way out. Yeah. He does look good. I've seen a couple of times actually against Aberdeen and he has looked kind of good, but in terms of certainly, um, maybe he should not be playing as a striker. Maybe he should be playing more as a kind of wide player instead. Or off the striker. So there's, there's, a, there's a good few changes coming at Kamarnock. Fortunately for them, one of the changes will not be the division they're in because obviously that 4-0 win at home. With the, the, goal, the two for Kelty, one for Addison and one for Boyd has kept them up. Yeah, they were all the ones to stay up. Were, yeah, uh, we've talked about this in the podcast before. It's, it's a bit disappointing that the that, that we don't get a new team coming up. But, I mean, certainly if you're a Kamarnock fan, you're absolutely delighted. And, to be honest, from a neutral perspective, I'm, I'm curious to see how Lee Clark does now. Because, certainly, he, he, he seems to talk a good game. Uh, he's had Kamarnock motivated on occasion. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of stamp he can put on Kamarnock for next season. Because I'd imagine they'll be targeting finishing nowhere near the bottom two next season. They've progressively got worse over the last few seasons. I think yeah. they're kind of thin early and they've gone from 5th to 7th to 9th to 10th to 11th. Yeah, so, and, and in most seasons you, you're, you're almost expecting the team that comes up to be fighting the, uh, uh, fighting off relegation as they try and maintain their position in the, the league. But that never happened this season with Hearts and it's not likely to happen next season with Rangers either. So yeah. you're looking at who who down there is likely to be struggling and you'd imagine Kilmarnock, unless they can have big changes under Lee Clark, you would expect Hamilton will probably be down there again. Party Thistle might well be. I said that though. Motherwell obviously finished in the playoff spot last season and look where they finished this year. Yeah, and that's exactly what Kilmarnock we should be looking at now because for the second season in a row we've seen the, the Premiership team effectively blown away the Championship team. Now it was only over one leg here, it was it was it was both legs for Mullable, but there is a golf there and if you can kick on from that, then I mean yeah, certainly Mullable's a good example. They they only kicked on and finished in the top six this season, so they've done well because I think uh, it must have got to them that a lot of people were looking on uh, a lot of neutrals were looking on, thinking that not only were Falkirk gonna win that, but they deserved to go up as opposed to Kelly because Kelly the people were would seem to think that their time in the top tier was up and it would be better if they went down. That's got to play in their minds. They've got to read the papers and read social media and realise that that's what people are thinking. And I suppose they turned it round and used that as their motivation to really yeah. put in an emphatic victory on Sunday. I think looking at it from the other direction though, you're looking at Falkirk who have put in a massive effort to finish second in that division. Um, they were never expected to finish second. It was kind of most people were expecting Rangers and Hibs to be the top two in some order. Um, so finishing second, they lost less games than Rangers did. So yep. there was that. They probably drew too many. That was a big problem uh, when they came to try to win the division. They've then come through the playoff against Hibs, won the first leg one 0 So really, if you compare that with Kilmarnock, who have had a disappointing season for the most part. A disappointing first leg. Kilmarnock have managed to stay up by being good in one game mm-hmm. and being not quite as bad as Dundee United. Yep. That, I think that's the problem I've got with the way our playoffs are set up and that 
Kilmarnock haven't had to be that good that's this season, but the one they've timed it well, and that's been enough to keep them in the, the Premiership. Whereas Falkirk have have maybe had a bad timing for a bad game, and that's it. And that's, Are that's we still? Is this season coming? Is this the the last year of the freeze? Because uh, when we when they merged the leagues together, I think it was pretty clear that the, those in the SPL were trying to preserve their, their their spot at the top table, and we ended up with this yeah. skewed playoff system. But I'm sure that the the freeze it, it, it should it will still be in place next season because they've not announced any changes. But it should be coming to an end pretty soon. As far as I know, the freeze is done now. So is it? They could change from a technical perspective they could change it for next season no I don't think they will I don't think there's any appetite for having gone through all this to then change it again I think anything would have to be announced for the start of next season and then the changes would come after next season but I think I don't know what I would like to see that's the problem because I would like to see fairer playoffs and I think that that would be across the board I mean I don't think for me, Livingston should have gone straight down. Um, who else was it? Who was it in second tier? Was it Stranraer? Was it Stranraer? Aye, Stranraer in the second tier. Yeah, third tier, sorry. But should have went straight down. East Stirling should have went straight down. All the playoffs should have been a case of who's getting promoted for me. Um, it just so happens that they, those those three did all go down, as John alluded to earlier. But um, last season there was just no relegation through the playoffs whatsoever. It was all teams staying up, and that, that was a, a major disappointment as far as I was concerned. Um, whether I, 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 whether you go further on that and you say, well, there's a lot of good teams in the championship for this coming season, and there are a lot of good teams in the, the championship for this coming season. But are they good enough to to enhance a top tier? I think there's a question that's, that you could probably turn around and say, well. Look at how Falkirk got thumped off Kilmarnock. Look at how Rangers got thumped off Motherwell last season. There is, uh, I think, though, you look at Hibs. They they were very good in the in the cups. Yeah. This season, uh, but yeah, it's it's difficult to say. Uh, I, I think Falkirk would be a good addition to the top tier. Yeah, they did get thumped by Kilmarnock, but I think that's always going to be the case that you're going to get beaten off some of the teams near the bottom of the table. You're not going to win everything. I think Falkirk, when they've played a top-tier team, they've kind of struggled this season. Now, they beat Partick Thistle in one of the two Cups at Hull 1-0, but they lost 3-0 to Dundee in the Scottish Cup. They lost 7-0 to Ross County in the League Cup, who went on to win it, obviously. Um, and now they've obviously lost 4-0 to Kilmarnock. So, for all Falkirk have done really well in the Championship, they've struggled with a step up for the most part. Whereas, yep. like you say, Hibs, on the other hand, I think um, when they beat Rangers in the, 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 the final there, I think that was the first time they played a Championship team in the Scottish Cup. Because <laughs> they, they were pretty much playing top-tier teams the entire time. And I think they, there was some statistic at one point that Hibs had beat more top-flight teams than Dundee United had. And Dundee United played in the top-tier. So, like you say, there's probably pros and cons for all of that as to whether the the championship teams can actually make that step up but I that's us finally out of the championship Chris so we can I don't need to worry about that anymore I don't need to worry about the getting stuck in that division for too long we might well be back down there next season but <laughs> probably not I think you've got to be a bit more than that 
It's it's going to be an interesting championship next season. I mean, we we spoke about it about last week as well. That the fact that Dunfermline are coming up, Air United are coming up. Unfortunately, we won't get that Ayrshire Derby, which would have come on up, gone down as well. But um, you've still got St Mirren in there, Hibs are staying in there, Dundee United are joining them, Morton are still there, so we've got an Ayrshire Derby with them at St Mirren. Um, Wraith Rovers were in the playoff this season. Uh, Falkirk, unfortunately, will be in there as well. There's a, I, feel like, I think yeah. I've just listed about eight of the ten teams there. And you've got uh, teams like Falkirk who are keeping the nucleus of their side together, or, yep. or so it appears to be the case. Hibs are talking about uh, money isn't necessarily an issue, so they're not going to have to sell for in that respect. So, yeah, they're talking a big game. I just hope that the TV companies don't just suddenly ignore it because the draw yeah. of Rangers is gone. I agree. I think that that to me is the important aspect now is, is that the Championship doesn't get ignored because I think, if anything, the Championship could be even more exciting next season than it was this season. Because the, I think last season, Hearts ran away with it. This season, Rangers eventually ran away with it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen next season. I think there's going to be what, two or three or maybe even four teams challenging up there again. Because most of the teams I've mentioned are all fancy chances. So yes. Murray will look to be better this uh, this coming season than they were this season. Um, Falkirk will look to try and win the division. Um, you would imagine Alan Stubbs and Hibs will try and win the division as well. As far as I know, Wraith Rovers aren't going to change too much. Queen of the South, I think, is one of the teams I didn't mention earlier. They were in the playoffs last season um, and may well be trying to challenge for the playoffs this season. You would imagine Dundee United will try and rebuild. Uh, and I've, I've, I do have a massive rebuilding job to do. Um, so it's going to be really interesting in that division, possibly more so than the Premiership, because I'm looking at the Premiership and thinking it depends what Kamal not do, but I, I, I would imagine Hamilton and Partick Thistle are the two favourites already to be the, the, the teams in the 11th and 12th place it almost seems decided already uh, at the top, you're expecting Celtic will be up there, Aberdeen to be challenging again uh, Hearts maybe building what they did this season we don't know what Rangers are going to do when they come up but certainly it's a big unknown. Yeah, yeah certainly they could be anywhere between winning it and finishing fourth. You don't really, you can't really see them finishing any lower than fourth. I don't Not know. the way that they're they're going to be spending money. No, no. so you would you would be very surprised if it's if it's anything beyond that. But I mean, I th- I'm I'm expecting it would be challenging for the title. I must admit. So I mean, it's probably going to be really interesting in the Premiership at the top end. But I think. Where we're going to have any one of four challenging for it, I think it could be in the championship. It could be anyone who's six, seven. Yep. Yeah. So I, just, I, you know, I, I really hope that they don't ignore it next season, just because it was always uh, BT Sport were particularly keen on saying that they had was it ten Rangers games. They announced, but this was back when Rangers were in Division 3, they were very keen to yeah. say that, rather than to say that they had 10 games in the, the lower leagues. So I don't know if that was in their contract, and now that Rangers are in the top tier, they'll just say, oh, well, that's just an, an extra 10 games, or, or whatever it was, in the top tier instead. I know BBC Alba will likely continue to show the, the lower leagues, and that's welcome. But I think it, they need a bigger audience, and for me, I, I much prefer... English commentary and I think the the people like Ian Crocker and Derek Ray I enjoy listening to them, I enjoy listening yeah. to Chris Sutton, I enjoy listening to that. There's not many people have said that <laughs> <laughs> With BBC Alba, you're a bit lost 
Bly, I mean, I'm sure there's many yeah. listen and understand it, but I don't. A couple of the guys I follow on Twitter were talking to Derek Ray about this, was it yesterday, asking him what the championship was going to do. And his answer was, he doesn't know if there'll be live games from the championship or not. What he knows is there's 30 games from the SPFL, which he does point out covers the entire league setup. Yes. So I think Derek himself is probably keen to make sure that the, the championship, and by that even lower possibly, is, is still covered. And I would hope that's what happens. Because, I mean, it'll be just the top flight. They, they will ignore the, the lower leagues now. They only did it because Rangers were there. See, you say that, that, but I think you can imagine them going, right, we're going to go and watch Hibs Dundee United or Hibs Falkirk or, can't or something like that. I mean, Hibs will get a decent TV audience, you would think, and so would Dundee United. Especially if they're challenging near the top of the division. Yeah. I think that there's, there's certainly scope for that. And if anybody, I don't think Sky would do it, I think BT would. I think that might be the difference. There's just something about BT that seems to suggest a more supportive of Scottish football than Sky. Sky seem to do it because Sky are Sky and they go, well, Scottish football, we, we get with enough subscribers for Scotland. Uh, we want the Celtic Rangers games. We've always wanted the Celtic Rangers games. We've missed them and they've not been here. We're going to get four of them next season. Well, guaranteed Possibly. at least three. <laughs> uh, nah, we'll get four. Possibly more, depending on who the cops go. Um, so I think Sky will be happy with that and they're just like, Sky will follow Celtic and Rangers about. BT are at least a bit more open to going to like, Inverness for a, a Highland Derby. Uh, yes. Ross County, or we're not going to get an Edinburgh Derby next season, but like, the Dundee Derbies were a BT. I don't remember them being in Sky. And if anything, they were the best games last, uh, uh, in the, the season that's just finished. You still always it as mainly Rangers and Celtic away fixtures. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it was quite. I mean, as a as a season ticket holder, it used it used to be really handy because I could go to the game our home games, and then I was almost guaranteed to see our away games. And I think it's still been like that for for most. Uh, of the I know it's not quite been that way for Rangers fans in the last couple of seasons. I think the yeah. requirement used to be that what each team had to be shown four times, a minimum of four times. Yeah, and the easiest way to do that was just to follow Celtic Rangers a bit. Four home yeah. games, yeah. Because uh, they came unstuck when Hibs had a decider and they refused to show it, didn't they? Because they'd already been shown the X amount of times at home. And I remember being upset about that because I wanted to sit in the house and watch it. Yeah, right, so we should probably move on to the, the, the showpiece final. Um, the family final? <laughs> I, did uh, see, I did see a kid on the pitch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, whose kid was it? I, I, there seemed to be some debate over that one. I had this debate as well last time what was happening as well in terms of... Uh, I don't think yeah. we'll ever know, to be no. honest, because uh, I don't think we'll get to the bottom of that, but yeah. I, I'm not even going to speculate. Maybe the inquiry will. Independent maybe. inquiry. Ranging from a good guy to a bad guy. Aye. And, and, and that pretty much sums up everything about that game, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, we should talk about the football. We should start about the, the good things, yes. Yes, uh, just, uh, game itself was... Anthony Stokes and Liam Henderson. How brilliant are they? Oh, that's right, they're Celtic players. <laughs> well, Henderson never started, which was a bit of a surprise, I thought. That surprised me as well, I must admit. But because uh, was it Dylan McGee could only just come back from injury recently? Yeah, yeah another former Celtic player, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good involvement in this somehow. <laughs> but, we'll start uh, at, at the goal. What, yeah. What, the first Embarrassing. Goal? Embarrassing. It defending. was far too easy for Stokes to get in. 
But it's here and it was as if he didn't know where his goals was. He just seemed to say, right, keep coming, keep coming. I don't know if he thought that Tavernier was going to come back and get him, but I th- looking at it through my, my drunken haze, watching it on the telly, it, it was so easy. Go to the man. Go to the man and hope that Tavernier can get behind you and cover the, the gap behind you. That's such an obvious thing to do. Yeah, is he didn't. Is that not the issue though with Tavernier that he's not that clever defending? No, I think it was Kiernan that was wrong. I think Kiernan should have went to the ball and Tavernier should have cut behind him. So both of them maybe Kiernan, I think Tavernier got caught out of position, but then I think that's to be expected because he bombs forward and I think credit to... I'm not going to give too much credit to, to Hibs, but I'll start off with a lot of credit. Credit to Stubbs for spotting that Tavernier bombs forward and to really ask Stokes to take advantage of that. Which I he think did. I don't know that. I, I, I think we knew Tavernier was going forward. We pointed it out about six aye. months ago that, like, other than Wycorn, the two top scorers of Rangers was Wallace and uh, Tavernier. You see, the thing is that, uh, yes, we, we all talk about it, we all know it, but there's not many teams that properly take advantage of that. And Stokes, Stubbs managed to get Stokes to do that perfectly. Whenever he went forward, Stokes just moved out and says, Thanks very much, I'll just slip into this wee spot and wait for the ball. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and, yeah, as I say, not many teams have been able to do that. I don't know about that, because certainly towards the end of the season, the Rangers' defence hasn't exactly been that, that great. They were conceding three goals here in the, like for a good few weeks at a time. Yes. Uh, I, think defensive, defensive, I think there's no question that Rangers going forward are a strong team, but I think it's been shown quite a few times this season that defensively they're, they're not great. Centre halves, I, I wouldn't have them next season. That's for sure. And uh, you seen, I know we're skipping on a wee bit, but uh, you seen in the air at set pieces, they're terrible. Celtic took advantage of it. Uh, it seemed to be a threat, in, especially in the second half of that game. It's, uh, every time it was a set piece, it was fear, uh, and yet, and then it was the same again in the the final there. Just they're not good enough in there for whatever reason that is, and I don't think they should be there next season for that. But surely reason. that must be worked on in the training ground, because I noticed that. Well, I think we noticed that kind of throughout the season in terms of like offensively, most corners are short. However, yes. one time they did put a they did a Mackay put a cross into the box. Mackay, uh, sorry, Kenny Miller hit the bar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would say ninety-five percent corners are short corners, and I think it becomes a bit tiring. Uh, watching it because it's very good if it's surprising the opposition but if you're doing it and they know it's coming then you can adapt one of the best teams I thought were I'm sure it was Morton who were getting uh, defenders to actually encroach within 10 yards of the, the ball and basically just stop the short corner and because the referee didn't really know what to do other than saying go and move back <laughs> and then they go oh, sorry and then they move back and then the moment's gone they're one of the best teams at dealing with it. But a lot of teams are dealing with it. Yeah. So do you think both centre-backs will get changed next year? I think so, yep. I don't think they're, they're good enough. I think that, that Kiernan's very good at uh, dealing with long balls for the keeper. I think he's good at muscling. Danny Wilson, he's passed the ball to the opposition too many times for me. I, I don't know why he does it. He, he, he done it against Hibs as well. He passed the ball. I don't know if it was Jason Cummings. He passed it to, uh, but uh, yeah, I would get rid of both of them. It's harsh because I really like Wilson, and it's harsh because I, I think Kiernan's a, an honest player. 
he seems a pretty good leader on the park, but I don't think he's got the quality for the top tier. But would it not maybe be helped as well about the fact that uh, getting a good holding midfielder in? Because I know that's something that a lot of Rangers fans have commented that they maybe need. Definitely, yes. playing ball there, obviously, or position. Well, they but... started the season with Halliday there, and then they ended up putting Ball there, and Ball's pretty good. The only problem with Ball is he's thinking about his second or third move before he's done his first move well, and that was often a problem. A heavy touch, uh, passing the ball again to the wrong... Just really just not being able to think quick enough. Zero but went... Sorry, Zero went Tavernier and Wallace are bombing forward, or does he not drop back and become a three? Would being a centre-back? Or did he? He does, but then they also... Uh, They've very quickly learned the back four that the, the two wing backs can't go forward at the same time, and they were starting to adjust and become the three. So the the the, the opposite full back was becoming part of the three, and then yeah, you're right about Ball. He was he was given protection, but with the threadbare squad, that wasn't possible for the final. No, Joy Barton looks like he's coming in. I don't get that. I don't understand it. I think these are very good signing, but I think he'll cost quite a lot of money. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know. Warburton talks about how he has to choose between a Premier League wage, an English Premier League wage, or Rangers. But even so, I think he'll be on a lot of money. And I suppose there's, well, it's not been confirmed yet, but there was talk that he wanted a two or three year deal. So, yeah. Uh, very expensive uh, it's signing. It's a verbal two year deal, apparently, at the moment. So. Yeah. No doubt he's a good player. I'll change but, that's good. Um, coming to Glasgow, I don't know where how that will work out for him. Yeah, I think he's he's probably worse than Cummings in terms of being. Uh, I, was, I was thinking a polite way of putting it, but you know, I think everybody knows how I feel about Cummings. I think Barton's worse, but when he's got a Rangers top on, I'll probably be uh, a fickle <laughs> football fan and cheer him on. I'm sure you will. So it's about what he has just to be. Yes, aye. Uh, if you're a Rangers fan, maybe check out his Twitter feed. That's all I'm saying. Yes, he's um, he's, been, he's an interesting character. He's got three million. He's got over three million followers. He's probably it's Rangers fans all over. But anyway, back to the positives of the game. I thought Stokes, uh, Stokes done really well. I thought his goal was very well took. Yeah. Passing it into the the corner of the net, it would have been easy just to hit a hit a bullet or a shot, but not. I think. I think Hibs' biggest problem in the first half was they never took more of the chances that they got. Aye. Stokes was told to just shooting shooting sight, wasn't he? Yeah, I I mean, it was a bit greedy, yeah. He did hit the post and was unlucky to see that come back out um, just after the equaliser. Which. um, He had one goal just by the post as well. Yeah. Aye, at one point he had something like five attempts on goal and only one went in. Um, yeah. I think that was just after they went 2-1 to Rangers that's when the second half I think um, the one see when they hit the post I think that was another example of why I'm sure it was Danny Wilson why we need to improve centre half because we had two defenders and for some reason Danny Wilson dived in and left both defenders on the, the right hand side if you're looking from the goal and Stokes he's got the quality just to say alright I'll take that wee gap it was just, I don't know, maybe their confidence was shot a little bit because of the way the game had started. I know that Kiernan really struggled after that, uh, just to settle down, chill out. Is he out of contract this summer, or has he still got a year left at Celtic after this year? 
Oh, no, I don't I know. I can't, I think it's a year left. 2017. You, right. would Bro- you would think Broders would be impressed with him. Yeah. That game. I'm not sure though because everything I've heard is he's finished at Celtic. Because the uh, ones don't want him. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I think I, I would imagine after Saturday then Hibs would happily take, his, take him off our hands. Uh, if they could find some sort of deal between us. Yeah. But then um, you look at the the way he, uh, the reports are about his time at Hibs. It's not been rosy. No, I think that's the thing. It's it's very easy to for this one game to mask how reasonably ineffective he's been. In fact, there was some talk that he, it was his, him coming in that totally derailed their, uh, their challenge at the, yes. the top of the division. Yep, I've heard that rumour, yeah. Uh, and, and there may be nothing in it, but I think the, the facts speak for themselves, he came in and they went on this terrible run. Mm-hmm. It might just have been, it might have been nothing uh, untoward whatsoever, it might just have been because he came in and disrupted a team that was already in a win and run and then obviously yep. as part of the loan deal he was effectively guaranteed to get a game. And that, that alone could have been, uh, thrown it out of whack. Maybe Cummins knows put out joint a wee bit as well when he came in, because Cummins was the main man up front and then Stokes coming in as well disrupting things. I think that's very possible, yeah. But yeah, when like, Hibs, they, they took the lead, they had a few other chances, you're thinking, oh, Hibs are on top here, Rangers maybe struggling to get going after their three weeks off or whatever, however long it was. And then up pops Tavernier with this cracking cross into Kenny Miller and uh, he heads it home for one each. And suddenly oh, Rangers are back in the game. I, it was, uh, I, I love Kenny Miller. He's, he's just brilliant. You've I, always I, loved Kenny Miller. Yeah, there was a podcast named after him, remember, in the season when you were on? <laughs> I was I was watching the game and uh, in dedication to Kenny Miller, I tucked my t-shirt into my jeans and I pulled my jeans right up as high as they could go. Did you have a Kenny Miller? Oh, oh, you can't get, get a Kenny Miller anymore, Dave. Van no, Miller genuine draft. It's as close as I could get, uh, just to look. And I didn't quite get my f- my face all hot and bothered and put a scowl on on it, but but yeah, he's, he's some man, and I hope he continues to to keep playing like that in the top tier. Wasn't the only header as well when he hit the post? Aye, was I was going to say that it was a bar. bar aye, yeah. I think it was just a bar, wasn't it? it was, I think he was trying to be too clever. Rather than just getting it in an area, I think he was trying to get postage stamp. But I think he just tried to head, head what it. What a guy. He's not a power. But, uh, I thought they were well, actually. Yep. Uh, he was everywhere because he was back defending at times as well. And that's what I've seen a lot from him this season. He's quite an intelligent player. He knows when to cover. He covers a lot for Wallace. When Wallace goes bombing forward, ends up in the box. Miller's always quick to get back into left left back, waiting for the the goalie taking the goal kick. Uh, it's good to see. I don't know where he gets the energy from. I've never known where he gets the energy from. <laughs> Maybe it's the sun beds he goes on. Maybe he's like that helps him. What he's like Superman. He gets the energy from the sun. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but used to especially when he played for Scotland, eh? when he used to go up top on his own and he would never see the ball. He would just run about chasing yeah. it. Just could do that all night. It worked for him. <laughs> yeah. Amazing how often that worked for him. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Do we think it was a penalty? Uh, the, the very slight Blackboard. push. I think if you're being lighter than law, then yes. Hmm. But I think it's yeah. it's so soft yeah. that I can understand maybe why you thought no. Would you have been shouting for it if it was your team? Oh, aye. Definitely. Craig, I think it. I think it looked. Your team. I think it looked a penalty, but no, I, I wouldn't have given it because yeah, it was just so soft. I think uh, if you looked at a still picture, then you would be 
screaming for it, but no, I wasn't at the time. No. But you did get the second goal to go two one up. What a goal as well. Uh, I mean, we talked about Barry McKay's goal uh, to go two one up for Rangers in the semi final and uh, in the semi final extra time. But um, that was probably the better goal of the two. But that's not to take away from Halliday's. Halliday's is a terrific strike right into the side netting. On the, the well, right it, side it, it was just on, it, eh? it was like an arrow. Yeah, he's a new Rangers favourite, isn't he? Crowd favourite. I think it's yeah. He's, it's because uh, he's, he's, he's one of them. Aye, that's it. That's the big thing that they, there's not many Rangers fan, traditional Rangers fans in the, the team, and he, but he's one of them. Before him to think I was trying to insult him, there. No, I just mean he's a Rangers fan. He's, he's seen his, if he wasn't on the park, he'd be in the stand. That kind of thing. It's one of them that they, the the crowds are in. He's one of our own, aren't he? Aye, yep. aye. We, we're the same with Tierney. He's obviously he's a, he's up a Celtic fan and he's in the team. And he's loving the dream. That's I think that's exactly the same as, as Halliday. He's he's loving the Rangers dream. I can see him being a bit of a, a Scott Brown character on that season. Yes, I think he, I think he'll be. He I think he like he quite enjoys the the wind ups and getting the stick from the fans. So I know it's as well when he scored he did to be as well. Yep. And then yep. when he went, he was, he was like trying to pretend, calm down, calm down, fans. Aye. So aye, I think I can see that happening this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does help as well that Fatty is one of, uh, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do. Play players that kind of care for the, cl- like, yeah. play for the club and all that, they're the type of players that other teams don't like. Other yep. f- fans of other clubs don't like. Um, generally. I think it depends on your style of play as well, but yeah, I think you're right. I think Howard he's he's already got a reputation for um, having issues with referees because referees tend to pick on him like that. What was it? Get it up, you Morton? That you get booked for? Aye, aye, aye. He's done well though, big in terms of goals. Because I'm sure, see when he was at Livingston, but he was on ground. Pretty sure he was a wide player. Don't think he was a central midfielder. He's been played out of position. Uh, for a lot of the season, uh, it's still in the middle, yeah. But uh, he'd been playing in front of the defence and not been able to really get forward as much as he wanted to. That was until Ball really came came to the fore in that holding midfield role. He was released, if you like. Think he'll keep his place next year, or think maybe Barton signing will shift out the team. I don't know. I was speaking to my mate, and he's he's adamant that he'll be one of the first to to drop to the bench. But I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I think there's so many things going on. There's so many people coming in. It's just I think we're going to have to wait until we see the pre-season games to really yeah. make a judgment on that because because well Barton's going to have to start. Well, he because he won't play the holding role, will he? At I think he will. Thank you, will. Yep, maybe I for the experience. So. I think he will. Uh, I think he'll come up here and try and be the Billy Big Shot. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I never even thought about that. Eh? But no, I, I think he'll come out and try and be like, see how with Scotland, Darren Fletcher, you know, always at Man U, he played the kind of holding midfield player, whereas when he played for Scotland, I don't think it was him that chose to, I think he was told, you be the man that's created everything and be going forward and all that, which yeah. I think was to the detriment of his game for Scotland. I, I, th- I can see Barton could have been similar, that he'll end up wanting to be the playmaker and all that, because he'll think he's better than Scottish football. There's... there's Possibly, yeah. Oh, he's going to take some managing. Uh, who's uh, the Burnley manager? Sean Dice. Oh, I can't remember exactly the quote that he, he gave, but he, he basically just uh, 
no, sorry, I've lost the quote. I can't remember what it, what he was ta- he was talking about. How he's got very strong opinions, <laughs> and you basically don't tell him what to do. You work with he, him. He actually see when you we talk earlier about Twitter. He actually comes across as being a fairly clever guy. Actually, he's just very as his opinions are very strongly set, and he's he just won't really listen to anything else. Uh, Headstrong. Yes, aye, that's a, a polite way of putting it. Yeah, possible captain. I don't know. I don't know. I still look back to silliness, and uh, that makes me think he's not captain material. I, I will still hold it against him. What he did with was it Nasri when he was he, and he said it after the game in a cocky manner, saying I was getting sent off, so I thought I would take him with me. Oh, Aguero. Was that Aguero that he captain? I think so. He was yeah. Coming off, I, I was like, oh, what? You can't do that. In the heat of the moment, you may do a stupid thing. It doesn't mean it's okay, but you may do a stupid thing. But then after the game, just you're still acting as if it was okay, as if it was almost funny. So, yeah. no. The main one I remember was the, the cigar and the, the youth played at Man City's eyes or something like that. Yes, yes. Um, and obviously, there was, was it not his brother that was involved with, I don't know, a Liverpool fan involved in some sort of trouble abroad in one trip, I think. I don't know. Well, that's to do with Joey Barton, obviously, but his brother, I'm pretty sure. An unsavoury character. Ah, he's got a French accent as well, hasn't he? Yeah, just wait for his, his Glasgow accent when he comes. <laughs> oh, well, I'll only take like, like. one press conference before it comes out. Aye. So, aye, uh, back to the game. Yep. Uh, so, what was it? 2-1 we were at. 2-1. Hibs flung on William Henderson, which is, as John said, it was a bit of a surprise he didn't start, but what a substitution that one turned out to be. Yes, I think that uh, I, w- I wanted to make it clear that what Warburton did in the final is what he does throughout the season. He doesn't he doesn't know anything about defending a lead. He doesn't bring on a defensive player. He doesn't shore things up. He just plays as he's always played. And that was to his detriment in the final there because any other team would have just sat back at everyone behind the ball and possibly not seen it out. But I, I think I just managed the game a bit better, it. maybe. Yes, yes, and I don't think he does that. But take nothing away for the the header. I think it was uh, the first one was uh, a good finish. Tavernier clutching at straws, trying to act as if that's a foul. That that happens at every corner, and that's not even to say that it's a foul that just happens so often. It's I'd seen nothing wrong with what Stokes did. No, he did just off position. I mean, yep. I was I was prepared to say that the penalty. Shout was probably a penalty, but that's one no. I'm not not for me. No, I think he was just trying to think excuses for uh, being muscled off the ball, and then the the final goal. I think that Wallace. I've seen it back a couple of times. I think Wallace ducks. I, I have no idea why. It goes over the guy in front of Wallace. And Wallace seems to duck out the way. I don't know. I think he could have got that if he'd leaped. I'm just not sure what, what what's going on. And then, then they never learned a mistake. David Gray was there. Uh, of all of all the men to pop up, it was the captain. I thought yeah. that was that was kind of inspiring. I, I like your t- I like your tweak. This what one? David David Gray. Oh, uh, please forgive the Hibs fans if that thought was strange. Yeah. <laughs> See, you think... need to know David Gray, oh, the singer. See, yeah. but probably, it's probably an audience here that might not even know who David Gray is, the singer. See, if you'd if you'd mentioned traffic lights or maybe Babylon, I would have been up with you. But no, I don't get that reference. Please forgive me if it's a little strange. I don't remember that lyric, no. 
for I know not what I do. I remember that. No, <laughs> Obviously, I tweeted that. I know about the traffic lights going red to green, green to red. But, uh... Uh, so, listeners, if you want to check out David Gray, White Ladder was a good album. I don't think I don't there was anything good after that. I love White Ladder. I don't, I don't, I don't even know album. if he did any other albums. <laughs> oh, I think he did. I think he did. I went to uh, see him at the. Oh, where was it? Corn Exchange, possibly. Went to see him, and on the way there, my mate was driving, and we were trying to listen to uh, his album. And we're trying to find good tracks, and it was only on the way to the gig that we realised that he's only got maybe two or three tracks that are decent. <laughs> I do remember us question why we were actually going, but his drummer was good. His drummer was good fun to watch. If you ever get to see him live, if the if it's the same drummer. Um, see, in terms of the game itself, it's quite interesting looking at. You know, I think the three of us all quite like our starts, but obviously Rangers possession based football and everything like that. But they only actually had seven shots in goal. 60% possession, 7 shots in goal. Very similar to the semi. That's because they did very little against Celtic as well. Ips had yep. 40%, but yeah, had 21 shots in goal. Okay, yep. only 8 were on target, but that's a that's an alright ratio. 8 out of 21. Rangers just, like to pass the ball into the net. Um, so it just shows you in terms of, I think Leicester have proven it this year, you don't need to have the ball to create a lot of chances and score. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that perhaps... Perhaps I'm being unappreciative of the the style of football that I've seen all season at Ibrox, but it can become a bit tiresome when the ball's getting passed and we're seeing silly percentage uh, possession, and yet there's only maybe a handful of shots because we keep trying to walk it in. But like the Arsenal of old, or maybe maybe yes. even still Arsenal. Yes. Like. I definitely don't want to go back to the McCoyst era where it was just hoof it, hoof it up long ball, but. It can become a bit tiresome. There needs what? to be a wee bit of no imagination. Yes, there needs to be the odd shot from range just to make defence think twice about hanging off. You need to get them to lunge in so that you can jink past them. The thing with short corners, you need to do the odd normal corner, I'll call it, just so that the, the defence, there's a chance that they switch off and they're caught out by this yeah. short corner. Just variation, that's what's needed. So where else do you think they'll they'll look to strengthen? Because obviously, again, on Saturday, they only had five players on the bench. So the squad's quite small. Nicky Clark's been released today, and I believe there's others to follow. I think Shields will go. That's Nicky Law? A, well, hide-and-seek champion. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that he'll go. I, I, I'm sure that uh, David Temple will sign a contract extension because I did David see him Temple. during the... Uh, the trophy celebrations when we won the league. He was there. He was, was he? he was jubilant. He was in a suit because he's actually sold his football boots. He doesn't need <laughs> them anymore. Uh, at least he turned up for your celebrations. I mean, we, like, we signed Carlton Cole up and he didn't even bottle up for getting the trophy day. Yeah, where is Carlton Cole? Oh, last I seen him, he was at West Ham. He was uh, closing the bowling ground. Aye. Aye. I think I seen him going to the that that like and I the game. I always think that sounds like the, the bowls. Aye, I know. I've thought that as well. It was only because it's, it's Anne Bowen. <laughs> I always remember this Upton Park. I think even like... It was Upton Park football. until about two weeks ago. No, you, you know what it is? It's the same as Parkhead Celtic Park. Upton Park's the area in London that the stadium is. The stadium itself has always been the bowling ground because it's something to do with it was built in the land that the Anne Bowen, like cottage or something that lived on it was something along those lines but the, the stadium itself has always been the bowling ground but the area it's in is up to park the same way Celtic Park's always been Celtic Park but it's in Parkhead 
it's a pretty unimaginative society, wasn't it? Celtic Park. Like, yeah. that, that took a long time to society up, <laughs> didn't it? Oh, we've got a stadium, what should we call it? Uh, well, we're called Celtic. Uh, we've got a football park. You say ah, that we're the only one, because it's St Mirren Park and Falkirk Stadium. And <laughs> hey, wait a minute, is it no Paisley 2020? Oh, aye. I tell you what the what what's a, a stupid name. Fourth Bank, when they changed it to the Dumblane Double Tree Stadium. I live local <laughs> to that stadium. And I remember seeing the, the fixture and they were playing at the Dumblane Double Tree Stadium. I honestly thought they'd moved stadium to Dumblane. I thought, how have I, I not, not heard about is, this? That is pretty confusing, isn't it? Yep, an away fan. Right, take me Dumblane. Double tree, right? So Sterling's right next to Dumblane, so I must be in Dumblane then, eh? They must have moved. Nah. No, nothing will ever surpass the Shybury Excelsior for me. That sounded like a hotel. <laughs> I've always got that new Broomfield and I'm sticking with it. Uh, so, I, so, I mean. Where are they going to Craig? Where else? Well, we. <laughs> Do you not know? No. <laughs> well, we just move on then. Just a centre backs. See, there's talk of Cummings. Uh, whether whether we need him or not, I think we Clark going. I think he'd be a good addition. I uh, you see that, but I don't think he was all that good on Saturday. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He had a a chance one on one. But other than that, he was he was pretty quiet. Uh, but I think he's he's normally a handful. He can open a tin of beans with that left foot he has. If that's something you need in your arsenal. Well, we've been looking at things on eBay and all sorts tonight, so you probably <laughs> found that. I can't believe we got there. that into the podcast. So, where else did we find? Uh, hot dog, a hot dog maker? It was a hot dog toaster. You managed to hot put dog the hot dogs toaster. in and it kind of toasted them at the same time as it toasted your buns. A sausage slicer. There was. A, a banana slicer. A, a, an actual banana slicer that sliced a banana in one go as well. Yeah, I've seen Game of Thrones was a lot of... No, let's just move on. <laughs> let's get back to talking about the game. This is Craig Brinson, the podcast, random chat. Who's like it's wrestling? Or it's pies, we're moving on to hot dogs now. <laughs> I'm going to miss the random chat, because we're getting to the end of the season. <laughs> Aye. See, right, what more can we say about football like, before we start talking about the nastiness? Well, I'm going to come out and say... We're going to turn into a sausage festival. No, well, oh, no. dear me. Right. I'm going to have. I'm going to say it because congratulations to Hibs. 114 years is finally over. Do you, I don't yes, know, do you know. Him for it anymore. It used to be like the thing you, always, you could always hold over Hibs. Ah, oh, you've known it's oh. got shot for ages. Now they've won it more recently than everyone. Do you know Phil Valori though? No. <laughs> no, I don't know. He congratulated them as well. I think if you look at uh, a lot of the Hearts fans, a lot of Hearts fans were quite pleased at Hibs one, I think. I wasn't happy Aye. about it at the time, but I think that I'm pleased. Even on the day, I, I've kind of I was pleased for a very small number of Hibs fans on the day, <laughs> and that, that's maybe growing more as the days go past. But I'm pleased for them because they have waited so long. I, I'm pleased for the the older fans. Who <laughs> 106 spent, years old. Yeah. 106 years old. The boy, the Belize guy. The, the those that have spent decades. Of uh, of all those finals, not winning it. I'm I'm pleased for them. I'm not pleased for the the, the idiots. Uh, I'm pleased for them that they finally got to see their club. It's almost like it's a kind of if they were there 
And if they behave themselves, then it's it's, it's a kind of day that you'd remember for the rest of your life, even if you're watching it on the telly. And I'm pleased for them. But they remember it's it anyway, good. right? See that yes. whole when they were talking on Saturday about oh, and the celebrations have been delayed. As Chris pointed out on Twitter, I they they oh. could have cared how long the celebrations oh. were delayed till. They've waited <laughs> they another 14 years. years. Uh, can wait like, another so, 10 minutes. Generations, like there's even, there's folk that were there. I think there was a 70 year old person there. He said, oh, "I." Uh, we were delighted about them worrying out obviously like crazy crazy scenes that we're going to obviously talk about the kind of trouble on Saturday it's mm-hmm. natural but the pitch invasion I could have been dealt with better I think we all probably everyone agrees with yeah. that I think we're getting but, there, but I think you're right the pitch think... invasion isn't it wasn't the reason that there was trouble the trouble was there was a, pot, a minority of Hibs fans that went over and basically provoked the Rangers fans but Rangers fans didn't need to come on the pitch and fight as well. Obviously, there was the attacks on the, the players as well. And it's now created a whole load of animosity between, I think, Rangers and the rest. It's a, them against us. Yeah. That, that, I think it's Rangers have created that that side of things. They're definitely right in saying that I, no, no one deserves to be attacked at their work. Right? No. And I no, think I th- everyone agrees with that. Wait, I think... As far as I'm concerned, the pitch invasion alone is not a problem. It's I, um, I know I know um, Rod Petrie's been criticised for calling it this, but it is over exuberance. The pitch invasion is over exuberance. I think yes. that's the crucial aspect here. What comes with the pitch invasion is a bunch of Hibs fans who are enjoying themselves and are just there to celebrate the end of the 114-year curse. But there's a small section of the Habs fans who, A, go for some of the Rangers players, um, which is completely bang out of order, like you say, there's no excuse for that. Um, and you would hope that anybody that's been caught on camera doing that is, is rightly punished. Yeah. There's another group of Habs fans head to the opposite end of the stadium to get it up the Rangers fans. Now, even that itself, for me, is part of football because the, there's... Football is not just about enjoying your own team's success. It's about the the rivalries and the the winding up their opponent and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. As long as there's a line you don't cross, winding up your opponents is fine. It's yeah. it's it's enjoyable. It's good fun. I wind. I, we do it in this podcast. We wind oh, each other up. There's a, there's a line. Yes. Yes. I agree. So the the Hibs fans probably crossed that line the minute they crossed the halfway line. <laughs> It's like, where are you going? Why are you running right up to them to get it up them? But they think they're protected. I mean, I but think then, it was horrible, like uh, ignoring the actual violence for a moment. But but some of the goading was horrible. I seen a, a video, and there was there was it started off with a handful, but there was hundreds of them lined up, and they ended up knocking over the advertising board, and I. I don't know how the, the people in the stands felt, but I can guess, and, and I'm guessing that there was a lot of fear there because some of them were yeah. trying to actually climb into the stands. Well, You're not safe in your seat. That's yeah, it's, it's exceedingly intimidating. And you yes. can understand why a certain section of the Rangers support reacted by climbing over the advertising boards themselves and going after them. Now, I'm not sure I entirely buy this rhetoric that's coming from Rangers as of yesterday with a statement that said that Rangers fans would enter the field of play to protect their players. I don't think that's anything to do with it. Well, it's I, just a convenient story. 
I think there would be there'd be a, a number of Rangers fans that went on simply because somebody on the opposite end of the pitch had come on. I don't think they yeah. needed an excuse. I think they were just like, right, okay, this is it. I'm going to get a chance to fight. I think there there were some that went on because they they would have feared, and that's their natural response is they're fearing for their safety and fearing for the safety of those around them. There was kids in the stand, uh, and I've read some uh, reports from people who feared for th- their self and their kid and had to leave as quickly as possible. That's that's not on at all. It's no, horrible. You, you go along to the football and you take your families and, and you're supposed to enjoy the day. And when you're, your t- I mean, even if your team gets beat, you go, well, that's, I'm majorly disappointed. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. Or, at the very least, I'm going to stay and see my team get their runners-up medals. Which, I imagine, a large section of the Rangers fans was, were planning and doing. Yes. Obviously, never get that chance, because the Rangers players get their medals in the dressing room. Um, Hibs never got to do a lap of one either. No, and I th- to be honest, I think that was a bridge too far as far as the organisation goes. Because, by that point, everyone's back in the stands. The Rangers fans have gone home. The, 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 there's a crowd of um, yellow jacket people keeping everybody in the stands much bigger than had been there previously there was nothing to stop them doing their lap of honour it, it was almost as if they went no you're not doing your lap of honour because they can't behave so we're just going to do it out of spite yeah. I think yeah. I think the, the, definitely the thing with the police obviously maybe they were a wee bit slow to react but I heard reports yeah. that there was plenty of police outside the ground but that possibly could have been because they're expecting there to be trouble outside the ground. Yeah, which is usually where it happens. Which is... But obviously, right, but the scenes at the end are things that people don't want to see in terms of the fighting and the police horses on the pitch. But I think the Rangers' statement seems to have almost said our, our fans did a... There's no blame there at all, which... No, no, I think... I understand Rangers are keen to back their own fans but I think there's certain aspects of what the Rangers fans did that you can't back and there's almost I mean there's no remorse from the Rangers uh, in the Rangers statements for that aspect of it they're, they're too busy coming out and criticising everybody and I, but I mean a lot of the Rangers statement is correct I mean Hibs have yet to apologise to anybody for the um, they've since came out they've come out they've come out with a statement but there's no apology in that statement it's, right, it's they unusual. They've criticised their own fans for it, and I think most about Hibs. I don't think it's anything wrong with what Hibs said. I think there's an omission from what Hibs said. Um, but the, I mean, the Rangers statement came out and said along the lines of, um, "We want an independent inquiry," and I think that is absolutely right. The SFA have said coming. they're going to get that, yep. um, and I think that's right because the SFA themselves have a lot of uh, questions to answer. Yes. Because it's their stadium, it's their tournament, it's their uh, job to get the security in place, and the security clearly failed. Now, whether I, I, I'm Seems not stewards get attacked as well, I think the issue is that these stewards are oh, they're minimum wage people that don't have aye. any training most of the time, and generally there's not any trouble, so they don't. They're probably not even trained that well to deal with these things. But no. even even regardless, see if there is whatever how many how many, how many stewards are maybe working at the game. You can't, you can't deal Not with enough that you could stop that many. fans. No. And even if even if they had stewards around, right around the stand, it's still when they stop players, uh, supporters jumping on the pitch. You can't, I don't think you could stop them. You, I think the, the stewards can stop individuals jumping on the yeah. pitch, but when it floods on like that, they've got no chance. That's when you need the police and their horses. I now, think, I, I think the police were slightly slow, but I think they were far faster than they were in 1980. 
Um, and once they got there, things calmed down pretty quickly. Yes, I think if the stewards had been there, I think they can't stop it happening, but I think it would have been enough of a deterrent. I'm going back to when Rangers sealed the the league, which they were pretty much going to win anyway. There was no big surprise. They sealed the league with a draw, and the stewards came out just five minutes before the, the full-time whistle. Yeah. Now, they didn't do this round the entire stadium, but... In front of the the stands behind the goals, they were pretty much touched tight to each other. That's how many stewards there was. And I can't recall a pitch invasion at Ibrox. And certainly not when we're winning the league uh, with games to spare uh, and the manner in which we won it in that specific game. That was an example, I think, of how it can be done. Yeah, and I think that's a good example because I've seen that on a number of occasions. I think my worry is that if that was planned for Saturday they didn't have time to instigate it because the goal came two minutes before the end so I mean I, usually I think five minutes before the game you get the stewards all around the ground like at the start yeah maybe just there wasn't enough of them no I, th- I think I think what they were looking at it was at 85 minutes in that game it was too all it was going to extra time so if they were planning to get the, the stewards out and organising in time for the, the the full-time whistle, they weren't because that goal came two minutes before the end. They never had time to do it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that was planned or not. But I, like Craig says, I have seen countless number of times the stewards come out with a few minutes left to make sure that no one can get out of the pitch at full time. Yep. Now, I think we've been discussing how the, the stewards and the police have handled things, but I, I don't mean any offence, guys. But we're, we're all wrong. Because Callum Steele, the General Secretary of the Scottish Police Federation, has come out with a comment and he says that the the speed and the skill, the agility and indeed the brilliance with which the police officers from the Police Service of Scotland brought events under control is something that should be praised to the highest heavens. So there's a glowing report uh, for you. Well, they did put it under control. I, 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 I'll, I'll back that up because that's what I was just saying a couple of minutes ago about the, the, the fact that once they got out onto that pitch with the horses, things were brought under control pretty quickly. So from that one small perspective, yes, I would agree, but they were too slow to get on the pitch in the first place. Yeah. Once they were there, fine, I agree, but it took them like five or six minutes to get out there. Yeah, I suppose the, the police horses would have been outside, as you touched upon earlier, but yeah. I think they, they, it's they, like they, a rock and light Talbot Covenant game, I tell you. That's the last year I've seen horses in a police ground. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen horses in the ground. No, they, they, they were unprepared for what happened. Now, like I say, I think that might have been something to do with the fact that it was a two minutes for the end that they, the winner was scored. But it, that, that's still two minutes that they could have got something in place, I think. Um, I don't know. We, we may find out in the inquiry later on. Uh, There'll be a few other things to inquire about as well. Flyers as well. Certain sinning. It'd be a big inquiry, I tell you that. Well, I think there was, yeah, there was lots of uh, pyrotechnics, if you want to call it that. I don't think that will be investigated for some reason. Probably forgotten about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be forgotten about anyway. It's funny because it shouldn't be forgotten about because I'm pretty sure some of the Rangers fans didn't see Stokes go (laughs) because of it. They probably didn't want to see it anyway. Well, I suppose. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's on it's on the highlights because Stokes scores at that end of the stadium. (laughs) Yeah, Aye. it's not as if you can hide that fact. But yeah, the the singing. Uh, I've said before. 
I'd, I don't mind mentioning. Uh, um, I definitely I wouldn't keep it from the podcast if I did hear singing in Ibrox. But I've said before that uh, the Billy Boys, for example, is not sung anymore. Not in the games that I've been at. However, this song about Stubbs seems to be the the thing that's uh, sung against Hibs. Uh, obviously, using the term Fenian, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why people seem to think that. Uh, the Billy Boys, oh, don't sing that because it's not allowed, but we're allowed to sing that about Stubbs. I think it needs to get nipped in the bud, but there doesn't seem to be an outcry. Is that the one uh, questioning his parentage? Yes. Right. Yes. I would suggest questioning his parentage is slightly better than wanting to wade up to your knees yes. in his blood. Yes, but I think Which that's may something. be where the line's drawn. It's a very strange line, but... Yes, uh, I, I still think there needs to be something. They need to realise that they, they can't be singing that. Was that in the stand you're talking about or actually on the pitch when the trouble was? Because I think when the, when the, the pitch went I I on the during, pitch. Uh, uh, when, they were, uh, when the game was on, I've heard, I heard it. Uh, yeah, you could, you could hear it at 2-1 when, when the Rangers oh, yeah. were winning. I think on the pitch, though, when the trouble was kicking off, I think the, the proper version was getting some. What, the Billy Boys? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. I heard the. Yeah, I heard the. I heard it at that point. Yeah, I was. I was more meaning generally. Right. Uh, they need to. They need to stop doing that. I, I've said it countless times. I really don't care who sings what. My, my problem has always been the, the underlying hatred. It's if if singing is a way to get that hatred out, and that's as far as you go, then for most, most people. Most people. We're talking about kids again, though. Like kids don't shouldn't be often hear that. Well, it's just. Yeah, I suppose. But some of the some of the things that they they shouldn't be hearing. You're right. You're right, uh, John. But it doesn't have to be necessarily sectarian for it to be offensive. Oh, I know that. Yes, because there's plenty of bad language at games. But well, yeah, the thing that uh, used to be sung. We should be trying to develop a society. I think. Yeah, I, th- I, no, I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. It still yeah, doesn't stuff. Uh, I think it needs to, to be, be more offensive. For example, there was songs that were sung to towards David Beckham. That's, it's, that's certainly something that I wouldn't want my, my kids to hear a game of football. <laughs> I certainly I, wouldn't want uh, David Beckham's kids to hear <laughs> what, yes. what his wife yeah. um, yeah. may yes. prefer in the bedroom, shall we say. Yes. <laughs> See, I, I'm laughing. That, 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 to me, like 90% of people singing these songs are singing it just to wind everybody up. I know, but that doesn't make any better, though. No, I know. I, I, I get your point on that one. It's, it's, it's there's certain it's, things you shouldn't be subjecting people to, and it comes down to the individualist about you sing. I think it, it's something in the past there was always threats of fines and everything like that. Never ever occurred. No, and I think that that might come to to bite them on this one as well because they've they've tried to bring in rules that say um, that the clubs can be punished for the actions of their fans, but. If the clubs can't be held responsible for the fans' actions, and I think that's probably the case here, neither Hibs nor Rangers could have done anything to stop that pitch invasion oh, afterwards. I still think they might get... I don't know, but when do think anything will happen? I, I, I don't see how there can be any football and, uh, punishment here. Yeah, I, I think that there'll be stuff... There'll be individual prosecutions against individual fans. Individual prosecutions against fans, yeah. And I think the individual inquiry might come out and prove things. You might see the whole taking responsibility for your fans come back onto the table again. Because it's one that's, that they've tried to bring in a couple of times it's never quite made up. Um, I can't remember what the name of that is. The offensive behaviour act? No, the, the, there's a, something in the football and thing, uh, world that they, they tried to bring in at the SFA level that was saying... 
if your fans are singing songs or something, we can dock points because you can take responsibility for the, what your fans are doing, even if you've tried to do the best you can to stop them doing it. Did it happen in Europe at one point, the fines? Ah, you ain't fucking fine. Yeah. Yeah. fines for, for white, white and flares and, and things like that, but they, they but still they don't dock any points and they don't ban them from Europe and things like that. No, but I think uh, for the pitch invasion, I think Hibs will get in trouble. I'm not, I'm not going to call so. for them to be banned from Europe. I think, I think that's they'll be excessive, but I think they'll be fined. I think there is a chance that they're they, they're not allowed to participate in the Scottish Cup. But then, if that's season. the case, then the Rangers not get fined for their uh, fans in, in the pitch as well. I think, I think it needs to be proportionate. Well. Yep, I think it needs to be proportionate that uh, if there is any punishment handed out to Hibs, then those that from Rangers that went on the pitch certainly. But I think that there was a. Uh, from what I've heard, I may hear more, I may hear extras, but it was uh, Rangers players and staff that were attacked. It was Hibs fans that were attacking security as well. I think that there's, uh, there's whatever punishment is dished out, I think Hibs should be getting the bulk of this punishment. But yeah, certainly Rangers and Rangers fans definitely misbehaved. They definitely were violent on the pitch and deserved to be arrested and punished yeah but it then comes down to if you can punish the fans then the fans should definitely be punished it's it's whether you punish the clubs for the actions of their fans and I'm I suppose the hope is again I'm not sure you punish the club then the fans might behave better in the future that's what I'm thinking we know that doesn't happen we know that doesn't happen though because clubs have been punished in the past it still goes on I mean Still, but I think it has to help. I think something has to be done because if, if it's not, then it's almost fair game to say, come on to the pitch if you want it at the end of a final. But as long as you're not involved in violence, come on to the pitch. And we can't have that quite clearly because in what was supposed to be a 114 years wait for the, the best day of your, your football in life, and there were some people decided that violence was the way they'd celebrate attacking three Rangers players, Rangers staff, Davy Weir, what's he done to anybody? Is it, it's just, it's bizarre. bizarre I, don't get it. I, don't, I don't understand that mentality, I never have. I think that's, I mean, that maybe makes it difficult for me. seen it before in Scottish football with Lennon getting attacked and... Yeah, I mean, that, <sighs> that, that, that was another thing I think. as well with Robbie Winters getting attacked and yeah. I remember that one. It, it, like if you go back far enough, enough, remember the, the Celtic fan that jumped out and tried to attack Gordon Stacken? Aye, uh, it's been a, Aye. There's been a few over the years. I'm thinking of Dida getting decked. The Dida one was funny. Uh, he was dead. That, that, that was different because the Dida guy came out and went, ha ha, right at the end and ran away. And Dida went down as if he'd been shot. And that was a get it up you. That was the uh, attacker. Him. And I know there was outrage about it because he could have had a knife. A bomb. <laughs> I suppose that is the day of pitch invasion. The one he is that I folk might have ah, weapons in that. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen pitch invasions in other sports. I've I've been involved in one, like in rugby. I remember Scotland playing England, and there was a there was, there was a folk on the pitch. There was a pitch invasion on Sunday here. at Rugby Park. Is that not a breach of the ah, peace, John? When, what date was this? Oh, that was nineteen ninety. I was about twelve. Nineteen ninety, right? You're twelve, right? Breach of the peace. Yep, so, I'll be reporting that. There was loads. I think yeah, it's alright, we'll just arrest a lot of you. The, the, the funny thing is, after all of that, for me, the most iconic thing of the entire day was after everything had calmed down and Hibs had got the, 
cup when they weren't allowed to do their lap of honour. They were stuck on the stairs while the rest of the, the Hibs fans were singing Sunshine on Leith. Now, I don't think that song's ever been sung as loud in the history of the, the song. Um, but it meant, it, it meant that the Hibs players themselves were joining in effectively as part of the crowd. Yes. It, it was what, by stopping them doing a lap of honour, it almost made it a more iconic image and a more sort of fans and players as one sort of togetherness. And uh, it was just, it was a wonderful scene to watch. And I mean, Ian Crocker was on Twitter this morning talking about how uh, he, he was keeping quiet for that. But, and I think he was absolutely spot on to do it. I mean, if you were watching the game in BBC, they cut away to the FA Cup final just as Sunshine and we started. Um, and I was unfortunately so I missed it so I've only seen it on uh, uh, Twitter later, after, later on Saturday night but it was it was fantastic and Ian Crockett his credit just stopped talking let him sing I think he, I think he spoke in the musical interlude bit in the middle of the song <laughs> but it was it was it was a fantastic scene I mean it's a, I think it's a really good footballing song it works really well it's I mean obviously I'm a Celtic fan and we've got you'll never walk alone and it's it's a similar kind of paced song and it's got a it's, massive amount of emotion. It's good though, it's unique to Hibs And it is, exactly, it's unique it's to Hibs. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, Liverpool sing You'll Never Walk Alone as well, but nobody sings Sunshine Alone. Richard Dobbins sing You'll Never Walk Alone. There's uh, a good yeah. few. I don't know. You're right, One it's, it's unique to uh, to, to bring it down a bit, I'm sorry, because I, I do think that it's a really good song and a really good moment. I, I didn't appreciate what the BBC did. I didn't like that the BBC video includes a, a montage of the pitch invasion during the song, as if romanticising what happened. I think it was inappropriate. Mm. I think, show the song, yeah, that's fine, I'm happy with that. Show the players singing it, yeah, I'm happy with that. The fans happy, yep, happy with that. I, I, I disagree. But the pitch invasion's part of it. some of the fans been happy. I think, yeah. the thing is- yeah, but I, but I think it's, uh, I think the events that transpired, I think, I think we can no longer treat that as a, a romantic, jovial thing, especially not on that day. Well, I, I, no, I'm not going to want the more in that way because uh, for all there was the morons running up and starting fights with whoever they could find, there was a lot more of them were on that pitch just hugging fans of the same team as them and celebrating and stealing bits of turf because they'll take my mental home. That's, I, know well, that's, I know that's damage, but I can understand the mentality. Was there criticism when Scotland had the pitch invasion back at England? 77. And the goalposts and yeah. all that. And put, the English criticises for it, obviously. Was there a criticism in the Scottish media? I doubt it. I don't think there's much criticism by the Scottish media, no. But I think we were certainly criticised for it in England. Um, well, I think the majority went on for fun. Everyone's condemning, no one's, everyone's condemning the violence, but... The violence, but... For people... I don't know. Well, they're breaking the law it's, by going on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a point. I mean, the, the, everybody that invaded the pitch was breaking the law because you're not allowed to invade the pitch. <laughs> Um, but I mean, the, the other iconic image was probably the guy sitting on top of the crossbar. Now, you, you, like John mentions the the Scotland seventy seven thing where the, the they sat on the crossbar and they broke it, and eventually that crossbar got broke as well. But the thing that amused me about that was the guy sitting on the crossbar with his phone out texting somebody. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine that text message of what you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting on the crossbar at Hamden. What you doing, mate? Aye, I know. Watching you. No, you're not. <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose I. I oh, this is mum. Get off that crossbar, you. 
<laughs> this wasn't trying to take a selfie. I thought maybe it was. Aye, and, well, it, and it, it, it is to come selfie. now. There's going to be people getting in trouble. I was uh, hearing an, a f- friend of a friend uh, was one of the, the Rangers fans that were pictured on the pitch. And the reports coming back from him was that he was going to get a season ticket taken off him. Now, I've not heard that from Rangers as a club, but that was his view. Uh, well, the, the Daily Record have went on one of their wee campaigns to name and shame, which I object yeah. to, because you're not the law. Stop yeah. it. If you've, all over if social you've got, media as well, people sharing folks' photos as well. See if, you, see if you've got the details, give them to the police, don't put them uh, on social media, don't get, don't print them in your newspapers. Yeah, it's encouraging vigilantes, isn't it? Oh, it's just encouraging vigilantes, it's denying them a fair time. As well. Yeah, it's ridiculous, I cannot stand when they do that, they go on their wee campaigns. Anyway, right, I have a couple of stats for this before we finish up. Right, um, stato. Right. It is the first lower league team to win the Scottish Cup since East Fife in 1938, who are the only other team to have ever done it. Um, it is the fourth season in a row that Wraith Rovers have gone out to the team that have eventually won it. We joked about that. I remember mentioning it on this podcast that Wraith Rovers went out to Hibs earlier this season and I was saying, well, we went out to the three previous winners and we made a joke about it. We got, ah, oh, well, that's that ruined then because you went out to Hibs. Should I put money on it, Chris? Should have. That's that. We'll need to keep an eye on it next season. Who uh, Wraith Rovers yes. gets in the Scottish Cup? When it's stick your charity. Hope it's Aberdeen. <laughs> Hope it's Aberdeen. When was the last time you just won the Scottish Cup? 1990. Yep. Sorry, last Thankfully, time. Thankfully, at, at least I was alive to remember it. <laughs> and I see that, I remember watching that. Anton Rogan. No, that was your year of shame, was it not, when you broke the law? I've got it on my notepad here. Like same year, I. I same year, I. <laughs> But I, I think you've confessed as well to drinking in the street, so I on the train after eight o'clock. So I, you're going as well. You'll be my my jail buddy. Uh, <laughs> That's only fair. And my final but, start. So for, you, I, I'm, I'm a good boy. I'm not Dean. But my, my, my final start for that is that by winning the Scottish Cup this season, Hibernian managed to avoid going one million hours since winning it previously. Which was, of course, 1902. Who counts that up? SPL Stats on Twitter. That's where I got that one from. If they didn't win it this season, it was going to go over a million hours. <laughs> so that's right, well stats done. Well done. It's a fantastic fairy tale for them. And as far as Alan Stubbs and that... That's a good question, actually. I mean, um, I was just going to say... He's planning for that season. He is, aye. Alan Stubbs and that team are now what, heroes or legends in the eyes of Hibs because they finally broke up. But um, yeah, I think one of them is inside the ground. Right? And I, th- I think he will. I think he's he's quite keen. And I don't think there's anything down south is is um, going to tempt him. I thought Everton might. Keep players as well. You think McGinn will get a fair bit of interest in the summer? Aye, aye, that'd be the other key point is whether they can get the players. Yes. Uh, McGinn was linked with Rangers, but then you just don't know if these are just lazy rumours or not. He'd fetch a bit, I think he'd fetch, he would go for a wee bit of money, I think. Well, he's got Scotland. Hibs are, 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 are good at getting money for their players, the young players, that's yeah. one thing. Yeah, so I would expect Cummins and McGinn, if anyone wants to sign either of them, you'll be looking at seven figures. Uh, yep, yeah. although Rangers will be able to get them on the cheap now that they're no longer their competition in the league. <laughs> Why? Because they'll be they'll be best of buddies now, eh? <laughs> oh, aye, aye. That's it. It's, uh, they won't sell to Hibs, so it's Falkirk. Sorry, they won't sell to Falkirk. <laughs> yeah, the Doug Falkirk could afford them. See, you you mentioned hide and seek champion earlier on this podcast. 
Should let Scott Allen. <laughs> aye, Scott Allen. Aye, he's not having a good time of it. Yeah, do you think he's kicking himself now? Could have been a half legend. Yeah, Liam Craig went to Hibs to win things, didn't he? Oh, aye. Like, he, and he, yeah. he, he and then Aye. Got a feel for him as well. Did they not go to Hibs in the season that St. Johnson won the Scottish Cup and then he's gone aye, to aye, left aye, again and aye. lost again? Yeah, Oh, there's going to be aye, so he's no hard so. luck. <laughs> oh. I suppose we need to have a good time. Brendan Rodgers. The new Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers, yeah. Um, Celtic have tweeted that 13,000 people turned up at Celtic Park today to welcome. Um, I wasn't there. <laughs> neither was I, but I, mean, I sat and watched his... <laughs> his press conference uh, uh, before I went home for work because I was finished so <laughs> I was just watching watch it 20 minutes or so I watched a wee bit of it I was off today I watched a bit of it and uh, he spoke quite I, well but um, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about it because to be honest I'll wait and see what he does I mean what he's done previously obviously he, he, he won the playoff with Swansea got him into the Premiership uh, finished 11th before he moved on to Liverpool uh, we all remember them coming really close to winning the Premiership for the first time since I think 1990 again <laughs> is that a year again? year of shame that wasn't the year that Craig was on the streets drinking though I don't think I would hope no because I'm not even going to no, I would have been 8 I was 8 you know that's all there we go. That's just that's that's just putting age in this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he did a reasonable job at Liverpool, but didn't win anything, and then that's probably my concern. Um, that and the fact that they did bottle the league. <laughs> yes, there was that. And... I think he did well to even be challenging for the league. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's no Ranieri, is he? I suppose that the argument there is if he was I a Ranieri, just, he wouldn't be coming to Celtic. I think he's as good an appointment as you could hope for. But you can look at some of the other cards. I think that's what I'm talking challenge like that. He's, I'm, he's I'm absolutely he's appalled we even interviewed Alex Mackay after the way he was talking with uh, obviously the text messages and all that. Nonsense. Yes. The other white candidate we're linked to was David Moyes, and I wouldn't have touched him with a barge pole because he's, he's won as much as Brendan Rodgers has, but he does it in a boring team, whereas Rodgers' teams are at least exciting to watch. So I wouldn't have yes. David Boyce at all. Um, Roy Keane would probably Dyla, have... How did that work in the face? Aye, that's, that's the other thing. Ronnie Dyla worked with a smaller team to win stuff. So. Gordon Strachan, Pucky Gordon Ethan, had he as a manager before? Going to, he got to the final with Southampton. Got to the final FA Cup, didn't he? Yep. But he's not won anything. Nope. So well, I think looking at it, uh, and uh, I'm not meaning... Uh, any disrespect by this, but I think that Rogers is is bigger than Celtic at the moment. I think he's bigger than Scottish football. I think it's a, a massive signing for Celtic. I think it's it's a signing that's going to have uh, a lot of Rangers fans worried because I think he's going to bring attractive football. I think he's going to bring yeah, success. Uh, there is a slight question mark over how he handled it when Suarez left Liverpool. But other than that, I think he's a, a fantastic appointment for them and, and definitely a worry for Rangers fans. It'll get people talking as well about, mm. about Scottish football from down south as well, which good or yep. bad. You would think as well it makes the other teams want to raise the bar and improve as well. 
So I do wonder already, why. Already, already clubs have said they would increase investment because Rangers were going to be in the league. You would think with a disappointment, you would expect you have a bit of money to spend. That should I be wonder what his well. motivation is for this because, I, as as I said, and uh, I, I think that he's he's too big for that job. So I, I well, just wonder what he's thinking. He thinks his, his heart. He's a Celtic, he's a Celtic fan. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's grown up a Celtic fan, and I can I can believe that because when he was at Liverpool, he was talking about how big a job it would be at Celtic. He talked about Tommy Burns as well, what an inspiration he was. Um, but he, I mean, he's like Rogers has said in his press conference today that um, Celtic is a, is a massive club, maybe a, a smaller setup, but they're still a big club. He doesn't see it as a step down for Liverpool. Which is, is well, I suppose he's going to be paid to say that these days. We touched on that, Chris, didn't we? That uh, yeah. before the podcast started, that uh, when you get people like that, that uh, Rogers is saying it, and, and and a lot of new signings say it, it's difficult to really, really see through what they have to say and yeah. what they really believe. I, think, I wasn't sure that he was yeah, a Celtic fan. Mark McGee's not very good at that, though. Mark McGee's no. not very good at that. To be fair, I don't think Roger said anything that a lot of us wouldn't have said because he basically said the English Premiership is the most competitive uh, league in the world. Now, I'm not sure I would 100% agree with that aspect, but I get where he's coming from. It's a big league. There's big teams in the big league. But he he then went on to compare Celtic to the likes of Benfica and Porto, where they're also big clubs, but they're in smaller... um, in small division uh, leagues, which I would agree with. I mean, we've said that for for countless times because any time the Atlantic League comes up, that's one of the things that Atlantic League's supposed to be able to do. It's supposed to take the big clubs out of the smaller leagues and give them competitive football against teams. So, I mean, I would, I mean, I would put Celtic and Rangers, uh, uh, arguably Aberdeen, actually, and with the likes of um, Ajax and Benfica and Porto and um, PSV and. That kind of level of uh, club. And yes, I would say Aberdeen. I just think Aberdeen underachieved far too often. Aye. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about them that season. But uh, in terms of Rodgers, though, he did say as well, he's going to look at the youth team as well. He thinks there's decent players there that can maybe come into the team. I think Dial, mind you, Ronnie Dial said the same as well. But uh, That was encouraging as well. Rodgers is obviously keen to... Like, he says it's always good to see players coming through. The youth ranks. Mentioned he, Sterling. Mentioned Sterling, yeah. Which is a good example. He was signed from elsewhere. He was signed from elsewhere, but he did. He was at Liverpool at my age. I think he was signed from QPR. But but Tierney, that's a good example this year. Tierney's our example. He's getting talked about ten million pounds. Yeah, I heard that one. Um, hopefully, he won't go anywhere. Because again, Tierney is one of us. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I would imagine he's keen to hang about and. And certainly with a new manager to impress, they'll be looking to, to do just that and then maybe we'll see him in Europe. Aye, uh, I saw a good one as well with Rodgers and it was saying he's now moved to uh, Southampton's feeder club as opposed to Southampton being the feeder club for Liverpool. <laughs> I suppose, aye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's, um, that's probably more one for next season because um, we'll, we'll see how Rodgers gets on at Celtic. Uh, and he's still got long to. No, well, they're, they're back in training in June. They said he's looking forward to meeting. Aye, two weeks time, I think. Um, more or less, aye. Uh, and then obviously we've got the the, the Champions League qualifiers on the thirteenth of July, I think it is. Aye, uh, Aberdeen. And Aberdeen are back a couple of weeks before that. The Cubs get the Cubs come Europe. in the same week as we do. Europe, nobody wants to be in Europe. 
Oh, they do. Everybody loves Europe. They might, not be, might not be there for long, but what be there? That's up. <laughs> do you get to August or do what we do? Aye. <sighs> get past, get past my holiday, I'll be pleased. The first two weeks of July, I walked back at home five a game ago. I met a couple of years ago. I got back from holiday, and then went up the the day I got back. He's knackered. Well, I, uh, that's all but for next season. Aberdeen aren't seeded. I know that Aberdeen aren't seeded. I think Hearts Hearts are though, because oh. Hearts had a couple of good seasons. I like when they played Liverpool and Spurs. Remember? Oh yeah, a few seasons right. back. So they've actually, actually, they actually got a higher coefficient than Aberdeen have. That's bizarre. How's that possible? You've won a couple of games since then. Aye, but I'd have thought you'd be a bit level. Five years, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Aye, so Hearts have had a couple of seasons of not being in it. Well, Aberdeen have been picking up coefficient points, so I'd have thought you were pretty close. Nah, they're a point ahead of us. Oh, so that's pretty close. <laughs> but then, but, but then we've only had we've only had the last what two seasons? Yep, I think. Is it not three? Before that, remember, we were struggling. I'm trying to think back. Eight players, three. I Let's think. Kind of, who we get knocked out by Cardell Marty. Knocked out by Real Sociedad. Season before that, I can't think just now. Up where we are. Oh, I see. Just they're ahead of you, know. Aye. They're obviously not in Europe this season, but aye. Aye, you're right. Hearts are a point ahead. Ask it, ask us. You get rubbish points for the qualifiers, don't you? But we... Try to think back. Yeah. Right, we should probably move on because we're probably uh, the, um, the charity bit. Yeah, I mean that, this is this is a good part of the podcast because this is in, uh, all our efforts for the last nine months, ten months, something like that. Well, we, did, we didn't mention that uh, we had a couple of bets at the weekend there. Yeah, I mean, first so of they all, were late in the day. What, we, we should say thank you to Bearded Dog, the one of the. Oh wait, oh, oh no, we can't get that wrong. I think it was Bearded Wolf. It's a Bearded Wolf? I thought it was Bearded Dog. You're thinking Bearded Hot Dog? <laughs> dog in the brain? Uh, it was Bearded Wolf who won the bearded. predictor on the, the forum. And it, as part of that, he won £50. And I contacted him to send him the £50. And he mentioned that we run the Charity Benton podcast and he was willing to put up £10 of the winnings to a bet of our choosing. Now, I'm going to blame Chris here because Chris put this bet on. Uh, well, he, he picked it. Yeah, He's, I did, but... I, I'm not giving the context at the moment, Chris, cause, so everybody can blame you. Okay, right, blame me. <laughs> Chris, uh, from nowhere, decided that uh, Rangers and both teams to score was uh, a good bet. It was so, looking good at 2-1. <laughs> yes. And I did, to be honest, I did have a, both teams to score and Ross County to win in the League Cup, which did come in. So that was my theory. Yeah. I thought I was going to blow it again, but, but yeah. clearly I was wrong. The bet didn't come in, but then the context of that is that uh, earlier in the week, because we didn't have a charity bet, I thought I would put £5 on a bet, and I looked at the odds, and I reckoned that it was a fairly even game, and I thought that Hibs and both teams to score at 6-1 to one was really good odds, so I'd put that bet on. So I think that that uh, persuaded Chris, perhaps, to, to suggest uh, the Rangers and both teams to score as well. So the five pound one, yeah, at six to one, and because I put the fiver on myself, the we get to uh, add the stake in 
to the, the pot as well, which was really good. Uh, because that meant there was £35 added to the pot, and that meant we had a record-breaking season. Now, Chris, you've been the host this season, so you can claim the credit for... No, 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 no. no, I am not going to go anywhere near that, because our best period in this was the weeks I was on holiday in November, when you and Greg came up with a double, which was quickly then followed by John and Andy coming up with a double. So, I mean, I I did get a double somewhere along the way myself, but there there was that two-week period where we just... I think we put together like about 150 quid over two weeks spell or something like that it was absolutely brilliant so I am going to give all the credit to everybody that's been in the podcast so that's myself you Craig you John Andy Greg uh, did the footy gaffer manage to get in Hamish I can't remember if he actually had any winning bets but well he was on the podcast but he, I'm going to uh, a few anyway. times is there a chance Give him a give him a little bit of credit. Give him a like one out of a hundred. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the total was five hundred and seventy-one pound and fifty-three pence that we oh, won for charity, which is immense. Uh, is that a real rubbish at best? It's a fantastic total. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so many weeks we don't win it, and we still manage to get that together. So yeah, I'm delighted. Oh sh- wait a minute. The well, like Aberdeen, we had a couple of good runs in the season, I think. Since we started the the podcast, the, the charity bet, including this £571, that's £1,834 that we've raised for charity through our sometimes drunken ramblings <laughs> about football. Yeah, and uh, we should say a, a massive thank you to McBookie, who have supplied us with, with so much of us. Um, yes. It's only the, the very first season that we did this that you and Laurie were putting your hand in your pocket. Yes, yes, uh, I think McBookie's been brilliant uh, yeah. and I would, even if they hadn't been good enough to give us a charity bet, I would recommend them because their existing customer offers are second to none, really. Uh, regularly you get f- uh, the f- bet £5 and if it loses you get your stake back. Yeah. I had a, it was on at the weekend actually, I put £5 on yes. a penalty in the game. And then I put my five pound bonus because he gave me it back, obviously on uh, Falkirk beating Kilmarnock. So, I, See, I mean, a, I'm not very good at bets. <laughs> I had a fiver on Kenny Miller any time, and then at half time I put a fiver on Hibs because they were three to one. I thought the odds were too good for a team that had bossed the first half. But no. but anyway, I, I don't like to talk about betting against Rangers too much. <laughs> <laughs> you you always had it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes. Anyway. Uh, that's, I think that's a really impressive total that we've got to, cha- uh, to give to charity and we've decided to split it two ways this season uh, and one of the ways is through Hamish do we call him Hamish on the podcast? yep, the footy gaffer the footy gaffer, yes uh, his friend uh, I think he, he lost his wife to breast cancer and he was he asked if we could donate half of the, the charity pot money to Ward Six, the breast cancer unit of the Western General Edinburgh in dedication to her. So I think that's something that we'll, we've always tried to do something that is uh, some kind of personal connection to to somebody in the podcast, uh, somebody on the forum. So I think that's that's a, a worthwhile cause. And uh, the second half the the donation will go to Alzheimer's 
uh, Scotland, which, again, something that uh, has touched me in the past year. Uh, so I'm really grateful that we're able to, to make a donation to that because it's a, it's a horrible disease. And as I said earlier, our drunken, drunken ramblings about football, uh, it's good that we're, we're able to have a laugh ourselves and hopefully that those that listen can have a laugh and we're also doing a, a, a good deed. It's a win-win, really. So, I don't drink thanks. anyone on the podcast. Pardon me, Craig. I've, I've never drank. Uh, there was it's, one week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, is it just me? <laughs> there, there was one uh, week I was on this podcast. Somebody asked me what I was drinking. I said milkshake. <laughs> uh, I've got a drink for me on the podcast, actually. I used to. I remember when it was chat time. I was getting cracked open in all sorts. I used to get really drunk. There's times I would have to write up what we talked about and I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that happens to me now, and I don't drink on this podcast, so I, I don't I don't say as much. <laughs> we're we're getting old and responsible. That's what it is. Well, I don't know. I've had a. Uh, I'm drinking Brewdog tonight. I'm drinking Elvis <laughs> juice, uh, and then I'm now drinking Jackhammer. You're mixing your drinks. That's terrible. Um. Yes. Asking for the one of all the strong stuff as well. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that's that's the great news of the the podcast this season. That's uh, it's, it's been a, a cracking season, um, and it's one I am very sad to see end. I must admit, mainly because this is my last podcast as host. Nothing untoward. I'm just my wife is pregnant with her second child, um, and the, the the baby's due in July, pretty much around about the same time that the the teams are due back to play. Um, European football and then the League Cup starts on the 16th of July, I think it is, with the group stages. So I think the the time that the podcast is coming back uh, next season is almost exactly the same time. I have no idea how much free time I'm going to have. Yes. So I'm just unable to host the podcast anymore. Um, I'm hoping, once things settle down, I'll be able to get back on as a guest. I'm, it's not goodbye, it's just handing over the reins. See, people David, celebrated David when I said was that. Goodbye, hello. Was it goodbye, hello, son? Getting back to David Gray. David Gray. I was. Sorry about hello and goodbye. I think you're right. I think there's one about say goodbye or something. Say hello, wave goodbye. Hi. There we go. See? Right, that's the title. That's the title of the podcast. Yeah. Well done. That's a great cut. That's a great catch, that one. Aye. Well, to, to think, uh, Chris, that you were a listener. To the podcast in the early yeah. days, and then you became host. I've I've I've, I've had a long journey. Yes, <laughs> like a certain football club actually. Well, I did the journey. I we finally got there. I think I think the first season I was on this, I was uh, a guest. I think that's the I think the first season's the only time that was the Rangers were in the top flight because this is the fifth season of this podcast and. For four of them, Rangers have been in the lower leagues, obviously. Yes. So um, I think since I've gone from being a guest to a regular, there's been no Rangers. And now that they're back in the top flight, I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I wanted to do with my season book, actually. <laughs> the Rangers blew it by not coming up last season, so I left them at that. Now, but you've done a good job, Chris. You, you've made a you, uh, made a professional effort at it, unlike myself, who used to just oh, get drunk. And and forget what I was talking about. 
Oh, but I'm the only host that's went and done the podcast on their own. Yes. Okay, it was okay. It was ten minutes, but <laughs> I was going to do it a couple of weeks ago as well when we couldn't get the, the timing right. But uh, <laughs> I never really managed to get it going, unfortunately. So, <laughs> aye. But yeah, uh, so so hopefully we can sort something out for for next season. Uh, but we just need to see. We we'll, we'll need to be in negotiations. We'll need to see if we can get a contract uh, delivered to uh, John's people, and see, and see if we can. Agree the exclusivity clauses in there. <laughs> yeah, because that's important. I know. I'll, I'll still be. I'll still be up for me on next year. Yeah, John. John is taking over as host and, next season. So, yep. Yeah, and I'll speak to McBookie and persuade them to give us a charity bet again because they've been really good guys. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, you, you think you'll be able to make it on more next year, Craig? Yeah, I'll certainly be able to come on as a guest. It's just difficult finding time, but every. T- Hello, I'm Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Oh, it would be it would be a podcast if uh, if I didn't disconnect at some point with it. <laughs> it's like everybody, everybody disconnected them. They all disconnected. Yeah, I wasn't going to reference oh, well. it, John. Just like I wasn't going to reference the fact that I went for a pee earlier. It's alright. I'll start it again. Aye, big moment. Oh well, so we, just, we can edit that part then. Aye, ah, oh, we can edit that. That'll be fine. I don't uh, edit it. But hopefully, hopefully we can get, hopefully Gaffer and Andy can get more of it because the worry is that we're, we're going to struggle for people because obviously most of the season it's been Chris and me flying the flag. Well, anyone so, that's listening can, can uh, yeah. register an interest and come on. So uh, we'll the only criteria is that you know WWF and <laughs> yes. you can talk a wee bit about uh, football. Well, we, de- we definitely need some, one other, at least one other person that's going to commit to being a regular. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, because otherwise we'll cross over. I don't know whether. Well, we'd, I don't know. But this guy, you said you had a guy, you knew a guy, didn't you, Chris, that would maybe be up for it? Uh, it was never going to be a regular, possibly. Never going to be a regular. Yeah. Oh, we see. should say if if you're interested in coming on the podcast next season, then you can tweet us at SFF Podcast. Um, and fans of, any, well, fans of any club. Fans of any club, and what? Well, I'm saying this. Uh, well, I asked Emma if there's if oh, any, any thoughts you'd like to add to the, the final podcast of the season. And uh, Jeff Waddle got in touch and says he's got a season ticket for Tanadice for the first time in years and he's optimistic about watching the new teams. Am I mad? I don't <laughs> think so. I, 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 we said it earlier, the, the Championship's an exciting uh, division next season. He will and enjoy it for three quarters of the year. And then there we go. And then he'll, he'll decide that he wants, to, he wants over but he wants to be back. Craig or lower league expert though. Yes, aye, aye. When you mentioned t- uh, fans of uh, teams in the lower leagues, I was thinking that you had to make do with a fan from the third division, the second division, the first division. Aye. <laughs> oh, talk, talking of lower leagues and other leagues, as Chris kindly pointed out, my, my big team right. won on Friday. Yep, Talbot, congratulations. Aye, yeah, Halford, the West of Scotland Cup. And that's Wednesday. Uh, Halford and Talbot play in what in all likelihood will be the league decider um, it'll be Talbot's last game in the league but Halford have still got two to play after it Talbot just need to avoid getting beat and pretty much the league one so nice another good season for Talbot going for four in a row in the league loads of trophies but, and the Should, surely cups, you've seen Talbot win more trophies than Aberdeen oh aye yeah Probably in one season I've seen Talbot win more trophies than Aberdeen for a while. Uh, no, but um, the Junior Cup is this Sunday as well. Uh, Talbot sadly aren't in it this season. Uh, it'll be a it'll be 
a, a stadium full of black and white because Paul. Oh well, you can't say that nowadays. You, you can because that's what they play in. It's all right. It's not a show. So, so Pollock and Beath uh, play in the, the Junior Cup. Uh, Pollock from the south side of Glasgow, as we probably most folk know, and Beath from North Yorkshire. So, what, uh, so Beath, this week it was Sunshine and Leith, and that next week it might be Sunshine and Beath. Oh, I like it. Um, so, I could like the both teams, though. I want Beath to win. Because they've never won it before, so it'd be good for them to to win it. Oh, and they're a well-run club as well. I was there actually last Monday. I've been beat a few times. Uh, to played beat last week, and it was a two-all draw. So, but the guys at we are kind of they kind of care about the club and put a lot of good work in there. So, good luck to them. Hopefully, it's a good final. Probably watch it. It'll be on Alba. You see Alba good. always cover the Junior Cup final. So, and that's Sunday. That. Yes, Sunday. Yeah, five past four kickoff. Next one. If you imagine if it's a week after the, the, the Champions League final the, the day before, give us a rugby park as well. Again, if anyone wants to attend, I think £10 for adults and £5 for concessions. So Nice. Usually I try some neutrals as well as the kind of fans of both clubs. Mm. Oh. Excellent. I'm not going out, just watching TV though. Oh, I think we've probably covered everything. But thanks, I thanks for everybody for listening for the season. And thanks yeah, for I, I don't know what the listener figures have been like, but I'd imagine there's been at least three. Um, so to, to everybody that's been listening this season, uh, whether it's this podcast or any other podcast as well, thank you very much. Uh, it's much Aye. appreciated that you're listening to us rambling on. Um, we Aye. Apologies as well for apologies as well for the odd time whereby we had technical difficulties. The odd time. I can I assure I think it was two, wasn't there? No, but the two major ones where we had no, we recorded a podcast, but it didn't. The full one that disappeared. Uh, and they were the two best ones. They were the two best ones. Like, you've never heard. They're in, uh, they are somewhere lost. In, Is it like that Doctor the, Who episode that was uh, uh, deleted? But it was two of them. It was a, it was like a, it was two of them though. They were quality. I bet so, you were coming out with the jokes as well. Oh, it was the banner was flowing. Like uh, one of the weeks was Andy and me. It was just basically an Aberdeen loving, probably. To be honest, no, it wasn't really. But it was good. Uh, Andy always brings a, a professionalism to the podcast because he does, knows basically everything about Scottish football. So, yep. hopefully, Andy on board that season. Yeah, it's been, it's been really Gaffa good having well. Andy and Gaffer on, on this season for the, the the first time. That they've been a great addition to the podcast. We almost had Laurie uh, back on this evening. As well, but then work got in the way. Because he's a Hibs fan, then. Like, I don't I mean, so, no. she probably revealed that. He's now changing, he's put Hibs, so that's good. Yeah, there's quite, there's quite a few that jump, they, they, they jump <laughs> over. Uh, Jason Cummings is another. He's he's now a, a, a lifelong Hibs fan after a, a brief spell as a Hearts fan, but no, he's now a Hibs fan. John Robertson, I believe, was a Hibs fan and then ended up playing for Hearts. Probably just playing loads. David Gray started off at Hearts. Then he became a singer, and then he had the perhaps. And then he went down to singing, and then he went back to scoring headers. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, thank you. I, everybody. I, was, right, yeah, I, was, I was right with my initial thoughts. Aberdeen have only been in Europe the last two seasons, in the last five years. So that's probably why Hearts. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you didn't get in for winning a League Cup. What was that? 
but it's the same stage both times, the third qualifying round. Mm. So hopefully we can go at least one step further um, this season. Coming. Next season. Next season? Yeah, I was just saying that season. I know this is that period in time where you start saying this season, last season, next season, and you're never sure which one you're talking about. Aye, we've still got the Euros. So we've still got, we've got oh, the aye. Euro predictor as well. If anyone wants to join yeah. in, forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk, you can join. There's a Euro predictor there. Yeah. Just same as the uh, Premiership predictor, just different team names. You've got the mini leagues as well, haven't you, Craig? Mini leagues, it's all there. I tell you, and there'll be a cash prize once I've worked out what that is. I would just get a hot dog machine. Get that to be honest. Get gas prizes. Yeah, I'll remember to put my predictions in if it's a hot dog machine. I'll consider that. I'll put it to the board. <laughs> see. The cheese board. That was poor. Apologies. That was poor. He's dead in a bad joke. Oh, I, was, I, like a, I like a bad joke. I like the bad joke. The podcast has been going great all season, and then you throw in that bad cheese joke. And it's just aye. Yeah. Like, may as well just chuck it then. <laughs> okay, right. We have been going for a long time, so if you're still listening, well done. <laughs> hey, cheers. Thanks for having me. Right. Talk to you in the season. Right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>